0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in
1: KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. I'm excited about the fact that I got a longtime friend, Mr. John Edmond, who will be our guest shortly. However, at this time, I'm going to make a couple of announcements to include the Sierra Snow Gliders. They're having their fundraiser tonight at Classic Jewels downtown at 3rd and Bonneville at 6 p.m. Also, the Laborers were having their uh, function at the Westgate Hotel. And let me say this about uh, the Sierra Snow Gliders. Uh, last week we had Carolyn Hayward Leonard Ladd's sister. We had Carolyn Readum and Ron Readum on. And we talked extensively about the work that Leonard had done in our community, particularly working with young people. And uh, I also did to get an opportunity to say about uh, much more about Leonard as we all did because of the wonderful work he's done, did with young people in our community. A lot of people aren't aware of how Leonard and the Sierra Snow Gliders took young people up to uh, Camp Lee Canyon and and did, and trained them, taught them how to ski. So um, very important work. And And I mentioned too on the show how when my grandson Chris went out to the to the L.L. Ranch, we call it, Leonard and, and Linda's Ranch, and, and and did horseback riding, and the horse bucked him off, and he got up off the ground, and he he looked at Leonard and said, hey, uh, does that make me a cowboy now? <laughs> and yeah, everybody know how cool Leonard laid back he was. He said, yeah, man, you a cowboy now, little fella. So anyway, those are the kind of memories we kind of discussed last week about our our, our brother, our friend, and uh, fire service colleague, Brother Leonard Ladd, he will be missed and uh, certainly appreciate the work that he did in our community. And again, uh, the laborers will have their annual Christmas party again at the Westgate tonight. So those who uh, are able to get there, I think it's a it's a great function that both the Sierra Snow Gliders have as well as the, the laborers out at the Westgate. Uh, birthdays, my uh, grandson, Kyson Herndon. Will be I don't know how Tyson will be, but he's a heck of an athlete, basketball and football. Trying to get him into golf, where I, John, where I can show him how to do that. <laughs> and then, of course, as on the deceased side, uh, my brother Clinton Washington, as well as Monroe Williams, um, this month as well. And we certainly want to say condolences to Deborah Holden and her family on the loss of her mom, and uh, she uh, passed away just recently. Uh, Miss Pat Feaster, she lost her son Larry uh, in, uh, a couple days ago, in fact. So we certainly want to express condolences to them. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on ninety-one point five Jazz and more. On the other side, we'll have Mr. John Edmond. He is a local businessman and activist, and a, a longtime friend. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> All right, Las Vegas, we're back. This is uh, Veterans Affairs again, and I have local businessman, community activist, Mr. John Edmund. John, how you doing?
2: Uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing good.
1: Doing good as well, John. And I just wanted to get you on the program because I know you, you've you done a lot in, in our community. And uh, for sure, John, where were you born and raised in Las Vegas or where were you born?
2: I was actually born in Tallulah, but I've, um, and I've but I never
1: really lived there. I uh-huh. Lived in
2: Las Vegas all my life. Wow! The city of Las Vegas, my home is native
1: Nevada. Right, right. You know that's interesting. I, I never knew where you were actually from. I assume you because, like myself, for example, everybody thinks I'm from Las Vegas, but I told them no. I'm, I'm twenty miles uh, west of Tallulah. I'm in from Dale, High, Louisiana, but yeah. uh, born and yeah. ra- born in in Louisiana and raised here in Las Vegas, and and proud to be a Las Vegan now for sure. So and John, too. absolutely. So John, um, give our li- listening audience a little bio on yourself. Just give us a little background, high school, that kind of thing, and up through yeah. well, some college. I'm sure you've taken.
2: Yeah, I, uh, you know, of course, I, I went to West Side Madison, uh, Madison mm-hmm. Elementary. West Side, uh, you know, was an elementary school back in the day, right? And it uh, went from the kindergarten to the third grade. Mm. And then from the fourth grade through the seventh grade, I went to uh Madison. Uh and they had just beginning to start bringing uh, junior high schools in. Right. Uh, I think uh Roy Martin was either first or second mm-hmm. as a junior high school that I uh I ended up going to Roy Martin. Okay. Graduated from Las Vegas high school.
1: Now did you have a uh, at, at, at- Madison, did you have Mr. Fitzgerald?
2: I did have Mr Fitzgerald
1: yeah, they say he was
2: so. and yes uh Mr. Wales was the principal mhm uh, back in those days uh, uh, a couple more teachers I can't remember them right off, but yeah, so,
1: well, I know Mr. Fitzgerald had quite a history and uh, a and, and and made his mark. he was a very very uh, talented guy. I know Ray Fisher used to speak a lot about him. I know he, he taught uh, classes that will help people use their hands, if you will, not only their brain but also use your hand at uh, carpentry and all those types of things. I heard he was quite a guy, and uh, yeah, he was yeah, and he was a uh, well well loved in the community. I remember Mr. Fitzgerald. In fact, he has a school named after him, as as I recall. So, John, you have a a pretty extensive business background so I want you to to give us a little bit of uh talk on that if you will and then I want to go into what you're doing now as as a means and a way of helping and assisting various businesses throughout the state of Nevada
2: yes well you know uh yeah you know, I went on to uh uh when I graduated from high school I've had a brief a brief moment where I've worked at Nevada test site mm-hmm uh, and, and I was working uh, like in the in the office up at Nevada test site, but basically it was a summer job, and uh, kind of uh, learned a little bit about accounting, about mm-hmm. keeping track of payroll and so forth and so on. So I end up uh, uh, liking that and pursuing the art of accounting. Mm-hmm. I was accounting major, graduated from. Seattle University, uh, in, in accounting. And, uh, I was actually working for an accounting firm up in Seattle mm-hmm. and, uh, decided to come back to Las Vegas, came back home. And, uh, actually I started working at the Frontier and, in, in and was called, uh, the Cards of Goods Soul, uh, working in the, uh, uh, alcohol, beer, and keeping track of, of inventory and stuff mm. of that nature. and and uh, I kind of, uh, when I first got back to Vegas, now I'm 21, 22 years old, mm-hmm. they've been going to the uh, casinos, and I had uh, I noticed a game of Baccarat mm-hmm. at uh, the Las Vegas Hilton, uh, and I inquired about it, and you know, like what it What's what is <laughs> what's this game? It just looked exciting because back in the day, they dealt the game. It was dealt with paper money instead of uh, chips like this today. So. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, there was a program that had just been established uh, through EOB, mm-hmm. uh, and it was right after they had passed the consent decree mm-hmm. to allow. Uh, blacks to be gamefully employed, right? Uh, back in the early late '60s, early '70s, you know, they really wasn't hiring any blacks as dealers. Mm-hmm. Basically, just uh, you know, porters and maids and you know, service help. Right. Uh, when they came in with the decree and uh, tried to get ten uh, percent of minorities and mm-hmm. blacks, uh, everyone, you know, into the gaming business, into the gaming right. field. I uh, I did like the art of what what it would be to be a baccarat dealer, and although I was pursuing my job in a county, I go to the Golden West Shopping Center with another friend of mine uh, to look for a job, and there was uh, one of the one of the guys, one of the people that was you know helping, trying to get people into the game and industry.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he looked at me uh, and said, you know, young man, we got this program through EOB that uh, you can go into the gaming school. Mm-hmm. And back then it was $150, but EOB would pay half if you were interested and you would have to pay half. right? Uh, and he said, you know, and he happened to say, you know, you would make a good Baccarat dealer. You know, you seem to be mm-hmm. nice smile and personality. Right. And why he said that? Because I had <laughs> checked around about the Baccarat and there was two things. One,
3: mm-hmm.
2: the game was uh, very fast and the fact that uh, there was no blacks in the Baccarat. Uh-huh. ever had even been, so. Uh, <clears throat> but I took his offer and, uh, Went to Las Vegas School of Dealing, which was uh next to the Lady Luck on
3: uh-huh.
2: off of uh, Stewart uh-huh. Las Vegas them. And uh end up becoming uh the first African American paparot dealer in the state of Nevada.
1: You know what, John? What what's interesting about your story is I was totally unaware is that you have an accounting background. And that yeah, and, yeah. And, and then plus when you say you worked you know, where in the in the liquor department doing warehouse or inventory, et cetera, et cetera. So that helped to spear you on to one of one of your one of your next ventures which we, where you had a, a nightclub.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know, I had one of the successful clubs around being you know, oh it still talks about uh Heritage Lounge. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. right. And
2: uh, you know, so a lot of things that kinda of combination that people kinda of don't didn't realize
3: that mm-hmm.
2: one I did have an accounting background so when it came to the baccarat
3: mm-hmm. and the
2: fact that you have to if you bet on the banker's end there's a 5% commission and mm-hmm. and all of that have to be done very quickly there's uh seven people on each side of the table right and you have to Count the money, I'll pay the hand, put the commission up and mm. be ready for the next hand. All this have to be done within seconds.
1: <laughs> See, that's you that's know, just minute. way that's just way too fast for me. I I don't think that fast. John, I, I want to <laughs> transition into to what you're doing right now, because I think it's very important for our listening audience to hear, be they veterans and otherwise. What are you doing right now, John? And I I think it's fascinating that you're involved with the federal government. Please give us some background yeah, so. on that.
2: So, of course, you know, some of the background leading into that. One is the fact that uh, after uh, becoming a backwater dealer and getting involved and was uh, in redevelopment and economic development within the community, Mm -hmm. and it just so happened that the guy that I went to college with, um, about five years ago when the economy had went down and Mm -hmm. COVID had hit, and the new administration came in office, and they was looking for a particular person in Nevada that knew about uh, economic development and creating jobs and so forth and so on. And right. and uh, the director of, of economic development, it's called EDA, which is Economic Development Administration in Seattle, mm-hmm. gave me a call. And, of course, I was not necessarily interested because I had my own thing that I was doing. But... They needed somebody right away. They didn't have a whole lot of time to try Mm -hmm. to search
3: around.
2: Mm -hmm. And he asked me if I would take the job in this. So I said, yeah, I'll I'll be glad to take
3: it. (laughs) Right on.
2: And and what what it entails is that economic development is a tool that the federal government have out there uh, to help small businesses, to help communities Mm -hmm. uh, that is interested in creating jobs. Uh, and it basically is geared to low-income communities mm-hmm. uh underserved communities of that of that nature right so it kind of fits what i had already been trying to been doing so mm-hmm. the reason why i wanted to throw that in about my development experience
3: because right.
2: coming out of accounting mm-hmm. but then i went into uh, you know creating some properties uh, in in the community myself, created a lot of jobs and a lot of businesses and and, uh, created a lot of small businesses Mm
3: -hmm.
2: uh, right within the community. So when I took the job, uh, what EDA does is they only give out grant money. And uh, so I've been working with... um, Northern Nevada, as well as Southern Nevada, I have uh-huh. the whole state of Nevada. And what we do is, uh, you know, solicit people that is interested in in um, doing business within low income areas. Uh-huh. Uh, what are the, what the, what the EDA does is like, you know, let's say because we only deal in grants,
3: uh-huh.
2: but we only deal in grants with. Small businesses, but you have to be non a nonprofit. Right. Uh, schools, universities, um, with university schools.
1: Mm. Well, you know, John, um, I got a. One of the one of the key ingredients too that EDA right.
2: definitely is involved
1: with. I got another guest on the show today. I'm going to get you back on, John, because I, I think it's important for you to give. Some more thorough, thorough detail on on what your your program is about. Is there is there a website you guys have, or is there any way where people can at least take a look at what is offered through your program?
2: Yeah, that's eda dot and they can find out all about uh, what the program consists of, who is who qualifies under the program, uh, and again, keep in mind, it's, it's straight grants,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: one of the things that uh, that I've done is we probably have put down about $300 million in the state of Nevada. Great. Myself, last Mm -hmm. couple of years, funding different programs here in Southern Nevada as well as up north.
1: Excellent. I'm going to get you back on the show because I think it's, it's worth uh, people hearing about. John, I want to thank you so much. This is Mr. John Edmond. Ladies and gentlemen, he is uh, with EDA, and he has a lot to offer in terms of uh, nonprofits getting some of those government dollars, those grant dollars. So thank you, John. Appreciate you, brother. And I'll I'll be in touch to get you back on.
2: Thank you for having me. appreciate you, Dave. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank
1: you. All right. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We'll be back on the other side with our final guest, Miss Natasha. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs plus on 91.5 jazz and more. I appreciate my engineer director keep me on track, Mr. West. Uh, he has our second guest on, Miss Natasha Stenson. How are you, young lady?:
0: All is well, sir. Thank you for having me.
1: All is well. Cool, cool. Look, uh, I was informed about you by Miss uh, Dietra Wilson. She told me, you oh, she's a veteran. You need to get her on your show. So tell our listening audience, what branch did you serve in and how long? I
0: served in, okay, I served in the uh, active army, active duty army mm-hmm. for a collective of two separate terms. Okay. So almost about nine years, so okay. eight and a half, nine years.
1: Uh-huh. And what was your MOS?
0: I had several of those as well. Um <laughs> Two, Signal Corps, and one in logistics. Mm. So um, 31 Papa was the uh, microwave systems operator maintainer, Mm -hmm. reclassed to uh, 92 Alpha, which is logistics specialist. That was first term. Mm -hmm. And the second term was 25 Uniform, which is satellite communication.
1: Wow. So you did a lot of work in that particular area, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was where, you know... The demand was needed.
1: So. Right. So how did it help mm-hmm. you uh, transitioning back out into civilian life?
0: Beautifully, actually. Um, contracting was in full swing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because I'm an I'm a combat veteran, there's a difference mm-hmm. between veterans. People don't really know that. Right. So therefore, yeah, we were in demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I, t- I tell folks all the time, and when I went in in seventy-one to seventy-three, I am a Vietnam era veteran. I did not go to Vietnam. I, I did not see combat. And as you say, exactly. there, there there is a difference. And and one thing I had got into some trouble. But one thing I know, they don't like you, black, white, male, female. With a bad discharge, dishonorable. <laughs> I told them, "How do I get out of here with an honorable discharge?" They said, "You make right, up them four absolutely. months. You make up the four months you were in the stockade, and you'll be fine." I said, "Well, show me what to do." <laughs> well, that's great. Now, right. born and raised where?
0: Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Atlanta, yeah. I'm a Georgia
0: peach. Okay, oh, go,
1: yeah. ahead, go ahead, go ahead, right. Georgia peach. So, Ooh. what are you what are you doing these days?
0: Well, currently I'm with one of the major aviation companies mm-hmm. that's located in the United States. Okay. So we're we're global. We're all over.
1: Okay. Doing mm-hmm. w- doing what? If you can say.
0: I can. I can. Um, I'm in the lane of program management right now.
1: Program management. Mm-hmm. So, are there a number of programs or a program that you that you run or or you? Uh, just a participant in
0: so i actually support a project manager for one of our partners Mm -hmm. um north of us i'll say it that way and uh of course there's several different programs that we have globally where Mm -hmm. we partner with our other project managers so
1: okay all Mm -hmm. right so from the family side sisters brothers
0: I have two older brothers, no sisters.
1: Were they, did they go in the military as well or no?
0: Yeah, my older brother, he's nine years my senior. No, he didn't take that route. Mm -hmm. However, my um, younger brother of the two, he did serve in the active duty Navy for 20 years.
1: Mm -hmm. He gave to our country. Oh, so Mm -hmm. he actually was a a retiree out of there. Good. So. Yeah, uh, he
0: was. hmm. He was.
1: Now. Uh, Sister Wilson informed me that you were a member of the Black Achievement Fund. Tell me a little bit about what role are you playing there or just a member, what what, what you got going on.
0: Well, I am one of the founding members mm-hmm. of the Black Achievement Fund, the BAF program.
3: Okay.
0: Um, basically looking for a family where we can progress as a people. Mm-hmm. Back in 2018. Um, and to say the least, the program itself and the, the family environment that the BAS family has is simply amazing.
1: Excellent. So you are founding member. So you, what do they call them, chartered members? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think we need to do in terms of... Uh, adding to the membership roles?
0: Well, basically it's going to be a a network of individuals coming together to serve the black community. Whereas, you know, you have all of these other businesses that can come Mm -hmm. together, pull together, and they can be profitable and support um, whatever Mm -hmm. genre, whatever line of of professionalism. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the BAF model is actually trying to implement our own neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. our own um, communities, our own black dollars that Mm -hmm. we can circulate within ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything in particular that you would share or, and I, I don't ask people to advise anyone. I always say maybe suggest to others in terms of military, And or other things that they may get involved with, particularly young folks, uh, to move life forward.
0: As far as
1: anything, it can be be work. It can be
0: living work. Yeah. mm -hmm. mm
1: -hmm, Living uh, work, you name it. Whatever you choose to focus on.
0: Definitely. Right. Definitely our youth. They're the ones who we need to rear. You know what I mean?
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it all starts at home. And with that home, there is a community. So going back to our grassroots of having a community to raise a child, Mm -hmm. I'm totally on board with that. You know, each one teach one. Mm -hmm. So with the younger people with today's technology, use that technology to your advantage, I would say. There's so much out there versus, you know, regular social media um, tomfoolery. You can pull away from that. Make it profitable for yourself so that way you can feed your family. Mm -hmm. You can feed your next brother or sister's family that's in your community, what have you. But use it to your advantage because it's only going to be changing here shortly. You'll be surprised.
1: You sound like a, a young person, so I certainly would like to get your thoughts on AI. Hmm. <laughs> uh,
0: what a great segue. <laughs> so that's what I was alluding to, actually. And AI, mm-hmm. um, people don't understand, has actually been around for decades. Um, without saying too much, um, <laughs> definitely know and understand that this technology has been studied
3: mm-hmm.
0: for quite some time. And it was only a matter of time at Time when it was going to be released and it's always released in sectors or sections you know just bit by bit it can't be turned on all at once because Mm -hmm. then you create chaos Mm -hmm. so just know that it's like everyone who's, who's out there anyone who's listening just be ready for what's to come it's not if it's going to happen it's when
1: yeah you know it's interesting that you would say that it's here and been here because I, I happen to see a, a gentleman, I think he was he was prior military, and I know you were being careful on how you were stating things, but I can <laughs> tell you that he said people think that AI just came about today. AI mm-hmm. has been around a long time. Yes. And I happen to have, uh, as Wes can attest to, we had the president of the college on the show about a month or so ago, and he mm-hmm. he's it's his first president's, job as president of a university. I think he said he had been chancellor somewhere, done a number of other things, but you know when he came people were concerned about AI as it's you know really coming forward to, to 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 us civilians out here. And his staff was kind of concerned. He said that they were thinking, "Oh, you know, what about cheating? What about cheating? You know, AI is going to yeah, going to do this." He said, "Look, did the cheating just start with AI?" <laughs> he exactly. said, and he said no man he said what you do is you get them all in a room in a circle and just say hey alright you wrote this you wrote that okay now explain this and explain that exactly and, and, and you'll you catch go people you to back
0: th- to grassroots yeah, yeah the, you gotta <laughs> go back to theory take yeah. it back to you know the manual system yep. therefore you can test their knowledge that's He's right absolutely correct
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. so as we wind up I, I want to thank you once again for for Making a decision to be on this show, again, it's Veterans Affairs, and I know that there's veterans out there that certainly want to hear what a young person like you have to say. So any closing remarks as we close out this session, this Saturday, of Veterans Affairs Plus?
0: I would say, first and foremost, thank all of our veterans and their extended families as well as their immediate families. For all of their support and their service, hands down. I've been beside some of the most talented veterans in the United States Army, and I will not change, would not change, not one thing. So thank you to them for their service
1: and yours as well. Well said, young lady. Thank you again, and uh, we will be in touch Again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We'll talk to you next week.